Hallelujah. Shake it. Hallelujah. Amen. And find out there's still about this much to put in. If, Amen. How many believe God gives more? Hallelujah. Just like he said, good measure. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Can you say praise the Lord? Amen. And just about a, about a week or so ago, hallelujah, I was out here working on the sprinklers. And uh, I found out, amen, uh, that we had a broken pipe by the well. Hallelujah. So I called BT, a good friend of mine. Hallelujah. And uh, we talked a uh, little bit, amen, about God, church. I took him into BBS and everything. Uh, but he fixed the pipe, brought his van out here, used all of his stuff. And I, hallelujah, I, amen, started to give him some cash money, hallelujah, because it was after hours for him. He says, no, no. He says, I'm going to do it for the church. Hallelujah. He's the one that gave over about $150,000 worth of plumbing and labor to the church. How many don't want a sinner to outdo you? Come on. No, it's, it's for the kingdom of God. If he doesn't know like we know, come on. Hallelujah. Amen. I will say this too, Brother Frank's testimony. Hallelujah. When I worked at, uh, at IBP, now Tyson, Remember, I had a forklift driver underneath me that worked the drums uh, for the leather, and uh, uh, he was—he uh, had his forklift in there waiting on a tub to be uh, taken out. And, uh, amen, there's a lockout tagout, which means you got to do two things to get in the electricity going. It prevents somebody just bumping one. Anyway, somebody hit both of them. And his forklift started going up, hallelujah, clear up to the top of where my office window was, almost 20-some feet in the air because it's got brass crown gears. And uh, hallelujah. He got to the top. I had been teaching him a little bit. He was a sinner. He got to the top, and he said, Jesus. <laughs> and that I think they're about... I think they're about five to six thousand pound heister propane forklifts, and it came down about thirty feet, clear fall, in the air. After he said the name of Jesus, it punched the concrete and made a crater, just about, amen, ten, twelve foot around. Hallelujah, amen. And uh, nothing happened to him. He just stepped out of the forklift picked up his hat, came up to my office, and he was shaking. And he skidded his hard hat there in my, on the tile floor. <laughs> I'll never forget it. And I said, what, what happened, John? <laughs> and he said, he said, you know, the story that I just told you, you know, but he, then he said, I remembered that name of Jesus you were talking about. And he said, when I got to the top, that's the only thing I could think of was Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. If God will hear a sinner, what will he do to someone that's blood washed? Hallelujah. Your name is upon him. Come on. Hallelujah. Your name is driven in the palms of his hands. Hallelujah. We many times think that God's 
name is just upon us, but he said, hallelujah, you are graven in the palms of my hand. That means when God's working, he's thinking of you. Come on. How many have ever worked and you saw your hands and you saw something that reminded you of a scar or something? Hallelujah. Amen. How many believe God remembers us when he's working? Hallelujah. He's good to all that call upon his name. And I'm glad that I've been called, amen, by his name. And his name was called over me in water baptism. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. There's power in the name of Jesus. There is power. Amen. I could go on and on. My memory just started. I'm glad that my memory is still, God still brings things to mind. Have you enjoyed, amen, uh, Brother Wilson? Hallelujah. How many have just enjoyed, hallelujah, the ministry last night? Amen. And uh, we want, hallelujah, one of these days we want Sister Wilson to come and sing and Hallelujah. Maybe she'll testify. Hallelujah. We'll see how submitted she is to Brother Wilson. Hallelujah. Amen. And uh, we love Sister Wilson. She's a lot of fun to be around. And uh, Brother Wilson is a lot of fun to be around. And great sense of humor. And uh, hallelujah. We were talking just a little bit on the phone texting about ministry. And I believe it just like that. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, the ministry uh, has... Uh, Amen. The most important thing is we've got to be led by the Spirit of God. Amen. It's a spiritual work. The church is a spiritual work. Hallelujah. There are organizations that are trying to do it without God, but you cannot, amen, build a church without God. You can't build a church without the chief cornerstone, without the name, without the doctrines, without the foundational stones of Hebrews 6. Amen. And he, he preached on... Uh, one of them, hallelujah, the foundation of uh, repentance from dead works. Hallelujah. And it's interesting how God describes that as dead works. That means works that aren't alive unto God. Hallelujah. Amen. But how many are thankful that you can put your life into something that's going, amen, to be profitable forever? Hallelujah. Amen. And I appreciate uh, uh, Brother Wilson consenting to come. And we want him to preach to us tonight. Hallelujah. Um, amen. We've tried to keep it a little cooler. While it's, let me just say this. Amen. As I am, hallelujah, the overseer of the house. Amen. Um, hallelujah. When, we, when it's extremely hot, we want you to get in immediately. Hallelujah. Praise God if they, if, uh, amen. The back, if the door hits you on the backside, that means just we're trying to get you in, all right? Hallelujah. You get swatted, that means hallelujah. Amen. Go on your merry way. And also in the sanctuary, we want to keep it cool in here. And the reason we do that, just for clarification, amen, hallelujah, if you're uh, not distracted by heat and sweat, you'll be able to concentrate a little bit more upon what you're hearing. How many, how many, uh, how many appreciate air conditioning? Hallelujah. And uh, if the door is constantly swinging and it's 100 degrees out there, amen. In, in other words, it can't be 100 degrees out there and not affect. It can't be worldly out there and not try to get on the inside. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. And so, amen. And how many, how many will preach 
Hallelujah. This preacher, we want to give him liberty. There's no forbidden subject within the Bible. Hallelujah. Amen. And I'm just going to say this. The only thing really, amen, that, that God really took care of and omitted from the Old Testament law was the ceremonial sacrificial law. The moral law is still in effect. We are both Old and New Testament. Come on. Jesus was, amen. That's why he quoted so many Old Testament. Because there wasn't New Testament scripture till he made it new. All right? Is it, amen. Praise God. And so, uh, amen. We believe in Old and New Testament. And I know that this uh, uh, precious uh, man of God does too. want you to come. Hallelujah. Take your liberty. We're anxious. Hallelujah. For two weeks of, amen, coming in the presence of God and getting more from the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Pastor Charles. Praise Praise the Lord. So good to be here tonight, and we want the Lord to have his way. Hallelujah. Anyone that is visiting here, we want the Lord to have his way. We love Brother Sister Charles and commend the tremendous job that they are doing. I was thinking here, I wish that there were churches like this in some of the other cities in western Kansas. Uh, So many cities that do not have churches. And uh, thank the Lord for all of you faithful saints that contribute. Not only monetarily, but also with your spirit. You come, you pray, you worship, and that's what makes such a difference in this place. Thank God for the liberty, the spirit of prayer, the spirit of worship that we can feel here in this place. Let's give the Lord some praise together tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God, we love you. We love you. We love you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. I want to be sensitive to the Lord. We've been working on a message here uh, today. I'm going to start, but I want to be sensitive to the Holy Ghost. I want to be sensitive to the Lord. And if God is trying to talk to you, then it's so important to, to hear his voice, to hear the voice of the Lord. In fact, right now, I want to wait on the Lord a little bit. If you would close your eyes, let's pray together. That God would have his perfect will in this service. Jesus, we ask you, Lord, for your perfect will. God, your mercy. God, your grace, your mercy, your love, your kindness. God, we love you, we love you, we love you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. In Jesus' name, let's pray. Let's just pray a little bit. Wait on the Lord a little bit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, God, we love you. We worship you. We love you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, in the name of Jesus. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Hallelujah. Los que esperan a Jehová renovarán su fuerza. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. We love you. Oh, te amamos nuestro Dios, aleluya. 
Oh, let's pray. Let's just wait on the Lord a little bit. Let's just wait on the Lord. We love you. We praise you. We worship you. Oh, Jesus, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, we love you, we love you, we love you, Lord, today. Oh, the precious blood of Jesus. Oh, Lord, your precious love, your precious mercy. Hallelujah, hallelujah. God, we love you, we love you, we love you, Lord, today. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, we need you. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Oh, let's focus on the Lord. Close our eyes and seek after the Lord. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, let's seek the Lord. Seek the Lord. Seek his face. Seek his strength continually. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, yes, Lord. The Lord wants us to tune in to him tonight. Tune in to his spirit. Tune in to the voice of God. Oh, let's hear the voice of God. Let's listen to God. Let's hear God. Oh, Jesus. God is a spirit. They that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Oh, Jesus. Let me tell you how I feel right now. I feel like I feel like I do have a word. I feel like thank the Lord for that. But I feel like also what I want to I feel like the Lord wants me to preach uh, requires being spiritual. And there's been a good spirit of prayer here today. A good spirit of prayer. But I do feel like that in the spirit that there needs to be maybe some just awakening, stirring ourselves, lest we do not hear what the Spirit says to us. And it would be, uh, I don't want to say frustrating, but it would be of little use for me to preach about what I'm going to preach about if we are not in a spiritual mind. So I want to challenge, let's pray just a little bit more. I know you're standing, and... uh, and I'll take this out of my time here, but let's just pray a little bit more. And I want to ask you to challenge yourself to be spiritually minded. Let's get our minds off of the world, off of our work, 
let's try to be sensitive to hear God. God is a spirit. He speaks to us in the spirit. Jesus, 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 whatever you want to say to us, to me, I want to hear you. I want to hear you, Lord. Help me to hear you, to humble myself. God, to hear your voice. Oh, in the precious name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. The book of Psalms, chapter 43. Pastor uh, Charles, thank you so much. We look forward tremendously to being here. We're so glad to be here. And uh, again, what a wonderful church this is. Tremendous job that all of you folks are doing. And in my mind, I don't know, I'm not saying uh, this prophetically, not at all. But I, in my mind, I keep thinking about uh, the progress of the church, the future of the church here, and uh, just all the possibilities. You know, pastor has dreams and visions and all that. Uh, and I think you ought to have those same dreams and visions. But I was thinking, you know, a big playground and a big uh, patio of some sort, you know, to keep uh, covered during the rain, you know, shade and all that. Just a place to grow. Maybe who knows what more, what buildings, who knows what the future is going to be, if you could add acreage and so on. But I believe God has a great future for this church. And we need to buy into it. So this is not the end place. This is just, this is just some, pro this is just a place in, in, in uh, the whole progress of the church. And so buy into or, or really have the dream of your, uh, of your pastor. Have it in your heart. And God wants to use all of you. Some of you are transitioning from the new convert stage to the, uh, the, the stage of being a, a strong saint of God. And God will use you more and more. Now, you can be tremendously used when, when you're still new in the church. But God wants to use you more and more to help you be part of the, if I can use the word skeleton or structure of the church, to add more people to the church. You teaching Bible studies, you being a good example, you having a strong marriage, you being willing to work and to do your best for the church. That is part of the vision, and you are a part of the future of this church. So let's look at the book of Psalms, chapter 42. Thank you for standing in uh, Psalms 42 and verse number 6. O God, my soul is cast down within me, Therefore will I remember thee from the land of Jordan, from the Hermonites, from the hill Mizar. Deep calleth unto deep at the noise of thy water spouts. All thy waves and thy billows are gone over me. Deep calleth unto deep at the noise of thy water spouts. All of thy billows are gone over me. And then at the book of Acts chapter 17, I hope to tie this in to the other scripture we just read, Acts chapter uh, we just read from Psalms uh, 42 but Acts chapter 17 and uh, I won't focus on this but Paul basically he's preaching to the Greeks and if you've been in church a while you probably have heard this uh, mentioned, preached on he's basically preaching to the Greeks that God is not an idol, obviously he is the only God, the creator of all things he's invisible but he's really telling them to find God, you've got to feel after him with your spirit. Remember John 4, 24, God is a spirit. 
And we're going to we're going to talk about God speaking to you and how God speaks to us. And I'm not I'm not talking about new doctrines or some calling outside of the will of God for you, but I'm talking about hearing from God in directing your life, affirming what is preached, but also helping you to 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 make changes and to uh, modify to become stronger. But notice here in uh, chapter 17, neither is worship. God is not worshiped with men's hands as though he needed anything, seeing he giveth to all life and breath. And uh, verse 27, now this is a, this is a commandment. Es un mandamiento. Everyone say, this is a commandment. Esto es un mandamiento. That they should seek the Lord if happily they might feel after him and find him though he be not far from every one of us. Then verse 30, the times of this ignorance God winked at, but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent. God is calling us. He's calling every one of us. And, uh, but it is a spiritual voice, and that's what I want to preach about deep, or the call of the deep, the call of the deep. Let's pray the Lord would speak to us. Lord God, we ask you to help us. I need your help. God, we recognize our need for you. And God, we ask you to speak to us individually as a church, that you would have your way. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a hand clap tonight. And you can be seated. I was reading a story of one of the greatest tragedies in the history of America, Great Britain, and that is the tragedy of the sinking of the Titanic. We could talk about the fact that the Titanic was supposed to be an unsinkable ship, but I want to focus on the fact that the Titanic in its maiden voyage, its first voyage from England to the United States, sunk because possibly they did not receive a message from another ship. In fact, only 10 minutes before the Titanic hit that huge iceberg, and it ripped open, I believe, I don't know what you call the starboard, the right side of uh, that vessel. And the rip was so long that it flooded several water compartments or several compartments and caused the ship to lift and eventually to break up and, well, and to sink. And 1,500 people lost their lives. The whole problem, the, the challenge, the tragedy, revolves around the fact that there was a ship called the Californian, which was only 20 miles away. Now, 20 miles seems like a long way. In those days, those large ships could already travel at 20 knots, which is about 23 miles an hour. If they were to have been careful, they still could have been at the Titanic side within uh, an hour and a half. The Titanic was called by the radio operator. I believe his name was Cyrus, uh, something like that. Cyrus, oh, I want to say Evans. I, I know his last name was Evans. And Mr. Evans simply told him, he radioed the operator of the Titanic saying, we are stopped. We decided to stop because there are so many icebergs all around us. And it's nighttime, and we're so we're stopping. And he, he, he sent this message. The radio operator of the Titanic. Now, I've heard other stories, but this is 
this story that that is actually the true story that he received that message or he he knew someone was trying to get a hold of him we don't know for sure if he understood the exact message but he was in the middle of receiving messages from newfoundland or a base that was in the far extremities of the north it would be eastern united states or canada and so in those days, the particular radio system, the Marconi radio system, was only able to receive and really understand well one message at a time. Even that being said, the fact is that this man, he was receiving the news, he was uh, receiving various things, and he saw that the, the ship, the Californian, was trying to talk, talk to him, trying to reach him, and instead of taking time and taking off and, and uh, getting away from that signal from uh, from the United States or Canada, wherever that base was, he said he radioed back to him. So he actually responded. I'm not going to say the words because they're little, it, it's not a cuss word, but he basically said, be quiet. He said, be quiet. He said, I am receiving messages. And uh, he didn't want to, he didn't want to communicate with the ship, the Californian. And so the ship, now this is another thing, and I, I will focus on that. Uh, God doesn't do this. The man that was in the Californian, not realizing the danger that the Titanic was in, he said, okay. He shut down his radio. He got ready for bed, and he slept for four hours. He tried to reach the Titanic at 11.30, and at 11.40, the Titanic hit the iceberg. They put out an SOS, but now the Californian also wasn't listening. And they, they cried, and they, they put out all type of signals. The Carpathia was actually 50 miles away. And there was the Carpathia that ended up responding and saving the survivors of that shipwreck. But the problem was, no matter how you've heard the story, the problem really was between the radio operator of the Titanic. We can't blame the radio operator of the Californian. We would think, and he was criticized, why didn't you keep it up? Well, I didn't know what was going to happen. Why didn't you just stay up? If you would have stayed up, you could have been there before the, Car the Carpathia. Maybe you could have saved more people. We don't know. But the fact was that the radio operator of the Titanic was not really on the ball. A signal, a signal. God calls. God calls people. I do not believe there is one human being that God has not called from the day that they were born. Theologians of the Bible, they tell us that we, we believe, and I, and I believe this is true, there are three universal witnesses of God in the world in which we live. There is the witness of creation. There is the witness of your conscience. And there is the witness of the word of God. Maybe you have read, I hope you have, but if you've read your Bible, the book of Romans chapter number one describes the earth and the, the, the culture that we are living in today. The Bible talks about professing themselves to be wise. They became fools. Did you know that the spirit of the Antichrist that is dominating the world today comes only after you reject the call of God? The type of sins that we are seeing, 
homosexuality, lesbianism, are described actually very specifically in Romans chapter 1 as sins that happen because they would not hear the voice of God. There is a voice of God in your life. You're living in the same world that everyone else is living. And the Bible says the heavens declare the glory of God (coughs) and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Day unto day uttereth speech and night unto night showeth knowledge. I believe it says there is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. And then it goes on to describe, but it's very clear that even in the Old Testament, that God and uh, the prophets, I believe David, that they were sharing with us that God is speaking to all of humanity and that God is professing that he exists through the creation itself. Romans chapter 1, we were going there. We'll turn in our Bibles now to Romans chapter 1. And uh, let me tell you, God is righteous. No one is going to accuse God of not trying to warn them. Let me tell you the most important thing that I've got to share with you today is in order to be saved according to what we know and what the Bible says. The Bible says that you must be born again of the water and of the Spirit to enter into the kingdom of God. We are Holy Ghost, one God, tongue-speaking apostolics. And we are trying not to be like any organization or any, you know, hey, if they have these beliefs, great. But if they don't, not good. Hallelujah. Because we are trying to be like the early church and the book of Acts church. And God has been speaking for over 2,000 years through these scriptures what the early church believed. They believed that when you got the Holy Ghost, you spoke in other tongues. No me importa lo que dicen hoy en día. It doesn't matter what the other churches say today. It doesn't matter when they say, you don't have to get the Holy Ghost. You don't have to be baptized. No me importa lo que ellos dicen. Hallelujah. Because I want to be saved. Yo quiero ser salvo. I want to obey what the Bible says. Yo quiero obedecer. Yo quiero obedecer lo que dice la Biblia. God is speaking to us. Hallelujah. You can be, you, you can, he's warning us for sure. Romans chapter number 1 and verse number 20. The invisible things of him, God, from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are, ¿qué dice? What does it say? Without excuse. There's a great book called I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist. We taught a class. Actually, we use that. And also, there's another great book called The Case for Faith. And uh, uh, The Case for Faith by Lee Strobel. The other one is, uh, I'll have to tell you later. I can't remember at this point. It might come to me. Anyway, uh, I don't have enough faith to be an atheist. There are many, many things and principles, and I can't take the time here tonight. You need to read a book. All you got to do is go to, you know, uh, just do some research. There is the cosmological proof of God, or that, that you know, everything has a cause. They'll teach you everything has a cause, and then, you know, you're in school, cause, 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 okay, well, where to start? Well, we don't know. There's probably a big bang, you know, continual, you know, bang, back and forth, back and forth, and they've just disproved all that. It's just it's logical, it's logical that because things are so complex that there is a creator. 
For instance, one illustration is you go to the beach, you find this thing. It's all encrusted. You pick it up. You open it up. It's a watch. And you open up the inside. It's got all these gears. It's got all these intricate gears that took a lot of thought. And you say to yourself, this thing had a designer. You don't say it just came, it just became this. You don't say that it just, it was just, you know, just, just happened. That doesn't make sense. Let me tell you something. You got to, you got to get this revelation. You got to get it. No one is smarter than Jesus Christ. And nobody in this world, because they take a few college classes, is any smarter inherently than the person who never went to school as far as their cognitive capacity. Some people don't like that, but it's the truth anyway. Hallelujah. People boast. Notice what the Bible says in book in, in verse number 21. Uh, and this, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful. What is the advantage of not believing in God? Well, then you don't have to be afraid of the judgment of God. Then you don't have to obey God. Then you can do whatever you want to and tear everything up. Oh, yeah, because around us there's balance. Around us there's harmony. And you start doing whatever you want to do. You start stealing. You start cussing. You start being unfaithful. You're going to tear your marriage up. You're going to hurt your kids. You're going to hurt your neighbors. You're going to hurt your family. You are going to tear things up. That is not in harmony with creation. And the creation speaks of harmony and beauty. And sin speaks of ugliness and disunity and being absolutely afuera de Dios y sus maneras. Absolutely a, a, away from God. The Bible, the path of destruction, that's right. Uh, it says here, it became vain their imaginations and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. We're not going to go on here because we need to keep on. But right here, it, it mentions homosexuality. It mentions lesbianism. It mentions perversion. And it goes on, who knowing the judgment of God that they which do such things are worthy of death, not only do them, not only take pleasure in them, uh, not only do them, but take pleasure uh, in them that do them. Hallelujah. So we are in a generation. Say, so how is this happening to the United States? Well, there was a time for 100 years, 200 years, over 90% of Americans were Protestant, and they read their Bibles before there was ever public schools. Did you know there was never public schools until 1900? Until about 1950, the majority of schools were still run by churches. Did you know that? And for 300 years before that, people learned from the Bible in this country. And they tell us, well, you know, there never was a time this wasn't a Christian nation. You're either loco en la cabeza or you are mal informado, but really, you are willingly ignorant that over 90-something percent of Americans went to church and believed in God. And that's why this nation is blessed, because blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. And that's why this nation was built on honesty and hard work. And that's why, because it was a God-fearing people. But when such a people reject God, we became a superpower. We went from being just a colony to being a superpower. A superpower. I mean, I, I say that not out of the pride of being an American, but I tell you what a miraculous 
a miraculous thing that this North America became. It went from a land of 500 Indian tribes that, by the way, killed probably over 1 million of each other before the U.S. came. 1 million United States citizens only have killed, and I'm not thankful for it, only about 20,000 Indians. They killed about 25,000 Americans. Anyway, I don't want to get upset here, but the majority of people that American soldiers killed, over 80 or 90 percent of them were Indian soldiers, Indian braves. The majority of the Indians killed, I'm part Indian here, the majority, over 90 percent of them were women and children, and they tortured them, and they, they burned them at the stake, and they, they killed them with ants and, and just go down. So this whole myth, I'm sorry, and let me tell you something, I've got to be careful. I, I better get off of it. I'm sorry. This whole myth of, oh, we stole the land. It was the judgment of God, and we shouldn't have done it. We should have done it. Thank God that God saved us. I thank God that my Indian heritage got a hold of God. I thank God I was delivered, and they were delivered from paganism. It was a miracle what God did for this country. You can be seated. We married in with the Indians. Whether you're in Mexico, United States, we're all just Europeans mixed in with the Indians. Almost every single one of us. Nobody needs to feel better than anybody else. You don't need to be ashamed, whatever you are, because you are what you are. Somebody told me when I was a kid, you know, my mom was Mexican. First language was Spanish. And they're trying to tell me, well, you're, I'm, I'm, you're, you're not Mexican. Oh, yes, I am. I'm part Mexican. Well, what part? I was only like six years old. I said, hmm, this part. <laughs> It never occurred to me. Uh, it never occurred to me. Well, how do you feel being part? I don't know. I'm just me. I'm a whole person. I don't see like 20% here and 30% here. I just feel like one person. Well, what about this and what about that? I don't know. I just feel like one person. What about, what about your heritage? I don't know. I'm just an American. Yes, I have some Hispanic ancestry, but it doesn't fight me being an American. I'm not going to get involved in all this race war and all this stuff. I'm a child of God. More than anything, I'm a child of God. Kind of got off on that. But you better be careful. Don't you dare start buying that stuff. Viva la raza. Oh, I got to watch it here. They have these, you know, deals. <laughs> I'm going to tell this one. Uh, yeah, it's right. One time they had one of those big conferences, you know, all the evangelists come. They're not going to remember these evangelists, you know, and they had all these evangelists, big camp meeting, you know. There's like 30 evangelists going up there. We want you to come and give your name or where you're from. And uh, I'm like, oh, boy, here we go, another time. So I go up there, and I went up there, you know, and all these guys, and, and I said, Lee Wilson, viva la raza! And they remembered me. Anyway, got off course. But when what, what we are seeing now, the reason why homosexuality and transgenderism, which is craziness, why this is just overwhelming the country, the world, why, 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 is because they're rejecting the voice of God. Do you get the connection there in Romans chapter 1? Because they rejected God, because they knew God, and God showed them through creation, and God shows them through their conscience and their makeup, and God shows them through his word, they say no. And so now, there's no right or wrong. So now, sin is just a choice. 
It's just another lifestyle. I can love what I love. If I identify as a dog, you got to give me a place to be like a dog. What in the world are you talking about? I'm telling you that God is witnessing to us from the day we are born. We are made in the image of God, male and female. And God makes us beautiful. You can be seated. You study human anatomy and all the different chemical chain reactions and how the body fights off uh, enfermedades, uh, sicknesses, and how the body has balance and how the body has spatial awareness and, and how all of these things. And besides that, and I'm hoping I get to I may go a little, I hope I don't go too long here tonight, praise the Lord. But there is a spiritual side of us. So let's move on here. God is witnessing to us. He witnesses to us. Uh, we can build cities because it's in us to build. We can love one another because God loves us. We have love to our children because that's how we were made. The, the rest of the animal kingdom cannot do that. I can go on and on and on. Read those books. Read something about it that we are surrounded. I'm going to tell you, my dad tried to tell me he's an atheist before I was born. He would tell me, son, there's no God. If there was a God, he's evil, you know, all these different reasons. And I would say, God, Dad, I still believe there's a God. And he would say, you know, why do you believe in And later on, I would say, Dad, you know, there's guys that are geniuses that don't believe, that believe in God. Well, most of the scientists, you know, they don't believe like you believe. Well, mo they're taught, they're also taught from the time that they are young. And back when they weren't, uh, you know, brainwashed, the majority of scientists in the United States believed in God. All right, I'm getting off here, but let me, let me just leave that. And let me say, the second witness is our conscience. So the book of Romans chapter 2, verse number 14 uh, for when the Gentiles, which have not the law, do by nature the things contained in the law, these having not the law, are a law unto themselves, which show the work of the law written in their minds, or their hearts, their conscience also bearing them witness. So the work of the law is written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing them witness. Oh, I gotta, uh, I've been down this education road, and, and, and they'll tell you, well, it's either nature or nurture. The reason why that we are like this, because that's how we were raised. Oh, no. Oh, no. We were pre-programmed as children of God. Well, the reason the Apple computer runs like it is because it just became no. It was programmed before it ever had a pro before it ever had electricity flowing through it. It was already pre-programmed to be able to crunch numbers, to be able to make it user-friendly. It was all pre-programmed. It was designed to do what it does. And it's different from another kind of computer. And, and animals are different one from another. A monkey has a different set of, of chemicals that runs through the chain reactions that runs through his body. The reason you can't cross most animals together is because they are made different. Even their cells sometimes are different. Different. And we are programmed in our spirits. Again, I kind of got, got into this, but our conscience, our sense of right and wrong, God is able. And this is why that you don't have to hear the whole gospel to hear the voice of God. You just, people that God saves are people that start listening to God. And people that are, and, and God would lead them through all of the truth until they hear, until they, they, their journey may lead through churches, their journey may just lead from a bar stool to an apostolic altar. But at some point, they start listening. I'm doing wrong. At some point, they start waking up. Wait a minute. I'm not supposed to live like this. I'm not a dog. I'm not some animal. I'm, I'm made in the image of God. I'm going to go to heaven or hell. I need to get right. It's programmed in your mind and in your spirit. 
You were made to hear from God. It doesn't matter. You, you can be seen in the color of your skin, how smart you are. God is speaking to you from the time you are born. And if you respond to God, God will direct you. And God is speaking to you. Finally, the word of the Lord is a universal witness. Is there any book like the Bible? There is not. I believe that there, if I, if I remember correctly, there are over 10 or 9 or 10 billion Bibles that have been printed. And the vast majority of them still exist today. It is the most read book by, by, by 10, 20, 30 times. No book comes closer to the Bible. I could get, and you know, you can read books on this, tremendous books about the Bible. It's a myth. It's a myth that the, uh, I'm not even going to go into this. I'm not going to take time. But so God has these universal witnesses. God is speaking to us. God is speaking to us. In him, we live and move and have our being. Human beings in the beginning were made with the ability to talk to God. Human beings could, even though they didn't see God, they could hear God, and they could talk to God. Human beings had a spiritual awareness. It was different than now. You've got the Holy Ghost, and God has revealed to you much more than Adam and Eve knew. But Adam and Eve, before they ever sinned, there was no barrier between them and God. They could look at an animal, and, you know, they made up a name. Adam saw a lion. I don't know what he called him. I don't know what language they spoke. But uh, anyway, he just called him a name that suited that animal. It just came to him. It was there. It, it was, you can call it revelation. You can call it being in harmony with God. Whatever you want to call it. Men were never ignorant. We were never cavemen. The cavemen were the ones that left civilization. Men could build cities from the beginning. You can wipe them out with a flood, and they come right back and build a huge tower, and they're going to try to reach heaven. You can do what you want to. You can send them here. You can send them there. They can build temples. They can build all kinds of stuff. They can get armies together. They can build cities, and they can write that, all of that stuff because men were made in the image of God. And so, and so man was made with the initial ability, the initial ability to feel God, to talk with God. When man sinned, it cut that. It, it, man became dead. The, the Lord said, the day which you eat thereof, you will die. But they did not die in their physical bodies. They died. There was a death spiritually, a lack of awareness, a lack of sensitivity to God. It was like having a scar, but there was no more feeling there. It was like having a place of emptiness, but now the door is shut. And what you used to be able to feel spiritually, but was open to the heavens, now the door is closed. You can hardly feel God. You can hardly be spiritual. God, it's God. It's God that speaks. We are not saved because we sought after God. The Bible said we love him because he first loved us. The Bible said that we come to him because he is drawing us. Let me tell you again, remind you where I'm going. God has been speaking to you from the day you were born. When you were a child and you were absolutely innocent, but still you had the inherited sin you could feel more of, you were more sensitive to, to right and wrong. But as you begin to sin, and as we begin to go against our conscience, we can develop, or we could develop, a seared conscience. It's a dangerous thing not to be able to hear from God. Let me move on. That 
that God is speaking. And so there is this existing, there is this existing uh, presence of God that is in the whole universe. This existing, you could call it the winds of God. You could call it los corrientes de Dios, or the currents of God. I'm not going to get into all of that, but there is good that is in, in, in the presence of God, and we have to get the Holy Ghost to be saved. I, I'm not imp- imp- implying anything that you can just you know, reach out and be saved because you, you feel the Spirit of God. But there is this ability to feel after God. Uh, before, I, before I start going to a close, I want to make sure I have the direction of the Holy Ghost. Let's pray right now. Ask the Lord to have his way. Jesus, God, we want to hear from you. We need to hear from you. We need to be directed from you. Lord Jesus, we ask you. We ask you, Lord. We ask you, Lord. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. To be able to hear, to be able to communicate, deep calleth unto deep. They say that a child... It's just there's this part that's called the listening part. Maybe it's not that uh, important, but a child, that one-year-old, will have already collected 4,000 words. By eight years old, they will have collected about, uh, let me see, about 13,000 words. By the time they're an adult, a child here in the United States will know between 20 and 35,000 words. The accumulation of words allows them to, 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 to speak and uh, there are other animals that can communicate, elephants, dolphins, whales. One thing that is important as it relates to us is there, there is no communication outside of an atmosphere of communication. Some of you young men, maybe young ladies, you, play, uh, you have played maybe little games where you've got spaceships that are flying and you shoot down one spaceship and you shoot down and you hear all these sounds. But in space, there is no sound. Sorry, I just, you know, go ahead and keep on imagining. Hallelujah. And I, I, I don't mean to pop your bubble there. In space, there is no sound because there's no atmosphere. Sound travels because of compression waves. Now, don't get all, you know, he's going to talk about science. I'm going to go to sleep. Don't do that on me, please. Hallelujah. So sound can only travel because sound is the result of, 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 the, of the waves of, 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 you know, the, I guess, what, the, uh, the vibration of your vocal cords. You don't need to be this detailed, but then, you know, it creates compression waves, and then your uh, eardrum hears it, and it interprets it, and you've heard these things, and they all come together, and you know, well, that thing, that, that word, that, you know, series of vibrations, that's a word, and that word means drum. Boom, that's a drum. And so, down below, when things are deep, they've actually discovered, uh, well, let me say this, that the more, the more intense or the more compressed an atmosphere is, a place is, the farther that sound or a signal can travel. Metal wires. You can hook a metal wire here and a metal wire a mile away, and you got a way to, you know, speak into it, hey, 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 or just, and this guy, you know, two or three miles away, he'll, he'll hear. Why? Because there's a, this metal, uh, this metal rod. Now let me give you another illustration that in the ocean, because it's so compressed, that whales can make sounds, and other whales can hear them up to a thousand and more, maybe I think three thousand miles away, at least a thousand miles, three thousand miles away, because of the depth. Now let me tell you here that God, when God speaks, it's not some frivolous thing. Church is not frivolous. Life is not frivolous. God speaks from a perspective of eternity. He is conscious every moment that human beings have an eternal destiny. 
The very work of God has been a work of blood, a work of love, a work of sacrifice from the beginning. When God told Adam and Eve that sin lieth at the door, he was warning them of the, 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 what would happen if they gave themselves to disobedience. War and the destruction of cities is the result of sin, and God sees the tears, and God sees the destruction. God is not an entertainer, and God is not just a coach that lets you do what you want to do. When God speaks, he speaks from an awareness that you are going to spend an eternity in heaven or hell. He speaks from a love that goes beyond just liking you. He speaks from a love that is in the depths of his heart, that he loves you so much that he would give his life for you. The very story of Calvary is a deep story. It's not just a romance. Living for God is not a light thing. People that backslide are not deep. There's got to be some depth. And the Bible says there is a call from the deep. Being saved is not just about speaking in tongues. You can be seated. I've got to watch my spirit here. I'll just be, I'll, I'll, I'll just preach the word. Hallelujah. Living for God is not about counting people. Living for God is not about bragging about this and bragging about that. And we, 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 we don't want to do that. We know that. But living for God is about saving a soul from hell and hiding a multitude of sins. Living for God is about keeping people out of a burning hell. It's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God. David cried. And I'll start going to a close here. David cried in Psalms 42. It is the psalm of spiritual hunger. As the heart panteth after the water brook, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. He said, my soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? David said, my tears have been my meat day and night. While they say continually unto me, where is thy God? David is going through a trial. Let me remind you that David's life was not just about being called and being a hero when he killed Goliath. It was about some ups and downs. There was, there was rejection. There was persecution. There was death of family members. There was wars. There was, there was, there was being betrayed. But David... He had the ability to hear from God. He had the ability that in his darkest times, when life was serious, when he was down in the depths of, 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 of trials and in the depths of emotional, uh, emotional hardships, there was something about David that he knew how to reach to a God that was a God of the deep. I could give you scriptures here that the Bible speaks about depth. The Bible said, go out into the depth, go out into the deep and draw a multi draw up and let down your nets into the deep and you'll draw. Let me tell you, we as children of God, we need to acostumbrarnos. We need to get used to, to going beyond the superficial and getting some depth in our prayer life. 
in our understanding of the Scriptures. The gospel is more than Acts 2.38. Acts 2.38 is the entrance into the church. But the gospel is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It is that act that Jesus Christ defeated sin. He defeated the devil. He defeated death. He gave you an inheritance in heaven. And you can partake of the gospel through Jesus Christ. That is the depth of the gospel. And we are trying. We are crucified with Christ. And we live, not us, but Christ liveth in us because uh, the Christ liveth in the life which I now live in the flesh. You know, just quote it. I live by faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. He loved me, the depth of his love. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? The Bible said love is stronger than death. And, uh, and so there's the depth of the love of God, the love of God. If you want to stay in the church, if you want to be strong, then let your love grow deep. It's more than about pleasing the pastor. Are you in love with God? If you're in and out, you need to fall in love with Jesus Christ. You need to fall in love with the Word of God. You need to fall in love with prayer. Depth. Deep calleth unto deep. At the noise of thy water spouts, I want to invite our musicians to come. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to close here. David said, "Deep calleth unto deep, at the noise of thy water spouts, I feel like I'm in a storm. All thy waves and thy billows are gone over me." But he said, "Yet the Lord will command His loving kindness in the daytime." And again, he says one more time. He said, "Why art thou cast down, O my soul?" Why is there disquieted within me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him with the health of my countenance. My God. Deep call, the call of the deep. In this place right now, there are literally thousands of radio signals. If you had a, a radio that would receive AM, FM, shortwave, and longwave signals, you can focus on hundreds of radio communications. In fact, there are signals that have come from boats that were sinking to the other signals that have come across. One young lady was in south, uh, right above Antarctica in the roaring 40s by herself, catamaran, uh, terrible storm, broke the mast. She's sinking, or, you know, actually the boat didn't sink, but she's out there, and she could die pretty quick. And uh, she put out a signal. It bounced off the atmosphere. Some of you know about radio signals, and... Someone in the northern hemisphere got the signal. They laid it to the authorities. Eventually she was saved. God speaks in a signal that's different. AM, the common station, you can't go stereo with AM. FM is a little harder. You can go stereo with FM. And then you can get into microwave signals, which the military uses. It's harder to be jammed. You send bursts with lots of information. Burst, burst, burst. And the enemy can't jam as easy all kinds of signals that are out there. It really just depends on the receiver. Human beings have the ability also to send out spiritual messages. The Lord said unto Cornelius in chapter 10 of Acts, thy prayers are come as a memorial before God. James, the book of James chapter 5 said, Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are. And he prayed earnestly, earnestly. Another passage says, I think it's the same chapter, it said, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Fervent can mean burning. 
and just like a radio station, that the signals go farther when you put more electricity into the signal. They're able to boost the signal. I don't know all the electronics of it, but they said they put in more voltage, and they're able to change that voltage to something that is sending out a signal. And so you've got your stations that are 500-watt stations that reach a whole region, and you've got stations that just reach a city, and you've got stations that can reach a whole part of the hemisphere. It's all according to the power you put into it. And a prayer that reaches God is a spiritual prayer. Here we are. God is a spirit. They that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. There's got to be some effort on your part. You may say, I don't pray like that. So I see me though. I'm timid. No, no, no. There's inside of you the ability to talk to God. You've got to get hungry for God. And then you've got to learn how to tune in. And you get the Bible is talking about seeking the Holy Ghost. Whatever it is. And you you get it. And there's a thing called the squelch. You focus on the signal. You amp it up. You listen. You listen. And then you squelch out the other voices. Nowadays they have electronic squelch. Actually, you know, not being complex, but it can actually figure out kind of what this signal is supposed to be doing, you know, as far as the ups and the downs and all that. And it'll it, it can it can actually sense there's another, another signal kind coming in trying to distort the signal. And we're gonna we're gonna put that out electronically and uh, we're going to isolate the signal, boost it up, make it clear. There's got to be, and I, this, this goes along with this, to hear God. You've got to get your mind on God. We've got to put some things out of our mind. That's why we come before church and we pray. And that's why some people don't hear from God. They show up at the last minute. They're not even tuned in. They're just thinking with their carnal mind. Oh yes, I'm talking to some of us. I can be in the same boat. It takes some effort. I'm not saying it takes an hour. I'm not saying it takes a long time. God doesn't put on you more than you can bear. But he challenges us to seek after him, to hear his voice. I've got to get beyond thinking of other stuff. I, gotta, I can preach about that. I'm not going to preach about that today. At some point, I've got to get to where I am generally, genuinely seeking of God. I'm genuinely seeking after God. I am genuinely humble and able to receive. Some people want to talk. That's all they want to do. I want this. I want that. I want this. I want that. And they don't want to hear from God. God is willing to give you instruction if you listen to him, if you have a humble and a broken spirit, if you let God talk to you. God is like, uh, God is like that radio signal that's gone out, gone out to all the world. A message, a message, a call, a call, a call. Hallelujah. God called uh, Samuel. God called Samuel when the light went out. God's calling a lot of young people. He called Jeremiah as a young man. He called Esther as a young man. He called Jesus Christ. Even God manifested in the flesh as a young man, 12 years old. He called this one after another. He calls young people that they would be different, that they would not destroy their lives, that they would not be impure, that they would learn the word of God, that by the time they hit their 20s and that ability to be influences, whenever that time comes, that they could genuinely be ready for the work of God in their lives. God is calling them. Jeremiah said, you're talking to me. I'm a child. You're telling me I'm going to be a great prophet. I'm just a child. The Lord said, don't you say I'm a child because I have sent you and I will make you a man of God. And I wonder today, I'm just throwing this out here. I wonder who's listening to God. I wonder who's being spiritual. I'm not calling anybody into the ministry, but we certainly need more ministers. 
You cannot be a minister if you're not faithful to your wife. You cannot be a minister if you don't pay your bills. You cannot be a minister if you're not faithful to a pastor. Oh, I know you can jump around somebody else and they'll use you, but you will never be what you're supposed to be unless you are submitted to a real man of God. But I'm going to tell you, we need more preachers, but I believe that there are many that are not hearing the voice of God. Many that they're just listening to their flesh. And I know in this church, I'm sure you, uh, Pastor gives you ample opportunities to respond and to hear uh, and to hear the call of God in your life. Let's pray right now. Let's ask the Lord to help us. Lord Jesus, we ask you to speak to us. God, we ask you to talk to our hearts. God, we ask you to have your way. The call from the deep. God, we love you today. We love you, Jesus, today. Hallelujah, hallelujah. God, we love you today. We love you today. Well, from this point, we could go in many directions. You're going to have to figure some of this out yourself. We are called to be saints. We are called to come out of the world and be separate. We are called unto holiness. We are called to be a witness for such a time as this. I believe you are called to be in this city, to be a part of the work of God in this city. There's a call of God in your life. Will you listen to the voice of God? There's a warning. I'll mention it. The book of Proverbs chapter 1. God said, because I have called and he refused. And I really thought I'd be preaching to more unsafe folks. I was hoping. Because I have called and he refused. I have stretched out my hand and no man regarded. This is Proverbs 1, 24, 25. I will laugh at your calamity. But you have said it not on my counsel. You would not, none of my reproof. Therefore, will I laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your fear cometh. When, when your distress and anguish, when distress and anguish cometh your way. The Lord said, because you wouldn't listen, because you wouldn't hear my call. And so when Jesus comes before, uh, before the king Herod, he says nothing, because Herod killed the voice of God in his life. He killed his pastor. He killed John the Baptist. Jesus, I'm not talking to you. You wouldn't listen to me. I'm not saying one word to you. To Pilate. Even to the high priest, he said a few things, but not to the man that wouldn't listen. Hearing the voice of God. All right, is there any area in your life, before I close, is there anything God wants to talk to you about? How about your prayer life? How about holiness? Is there anything you're covering? We talked about repentance last night. Or is God just calling you to prayer? Young person, what's God calling you to do? I'm going to leave that up to you. We've, we've preached it long enough. I want to ask you to come, if you will. Pray where you're at or come, if you will. And let God speak to you. Is there someone here that does not have the Holy Ghost? The greatest thing, one more time, I'll say it again. The most important thing God wants you to do, he's calling you that you would not go to hell. So don't be like the people, don't be like the operator of the radio of the Titanic. Because he didn't listen, he wouldn't hear God. He lost a life. 1,500 people lost their lives. So it's time for you to get baptized. It's time for you to get the Holy Ghost. It's time for you to live for God. Let's pray right now. Let's come to the front and pray. You need to pray where you're at. That's fine. But let's come and pray. Let's seek the Lord tonight.